Welcome to Journey to Inner Wisdom. I'm Crystal Cato Sullivan, Wisdomologist and the host of this podcast. As I was getting ready to record, I found this definition of wisdomology in the Urban Dictionary. A science that takes the insights that ordinary people have about life and studies them. So as a wisdomologist, I've been interviewing ordinary people and learning about the insights that they have discovered on their journey. My goal is to provide a space where you can uncover your insights and wisdom, your magic really, that you have experienced and recognized in your life. With this in mind, my goal was to take the summer off to reevaluate my podcast. I've been doing it for a year and a half. I think I have over 30 podcasts. So I thought that I would focus on thinking about what am I going to do for the next phase for my podcasts. So when I started, I created um, my podcast based on the ABCs of the journey to inner wisdom. And I did follow the alphabet more or less. It was actually a good system for my monkey brain. I'm a seven on the Enneagram and I want to experience everything. There's a bit of a fear of missing out. FOMO is part of my unconscious way of being, or actually it's part of my conscious way of being as well. So I interviewed many people with interesting and diverse journeys. I found each of my guests inspiring and they certainly added to my own and I hope to your journey to inner wisdom. So what did I come up with as I reflected? Well, the best laid plans of cats and women. So much for the pause. Maybe the pandemic was enough of a pause for me. I don't know, but it was difficult to get that pause time this summer. We went on vacation that had been delayed for three years. We had a wonderful time in England, Ireland, and Scotland in May with dear lifelong friends. I planned on hitting the ground running when I got home. Well, at least spending some time at my desk reviewing my work of the year and a half before but jet lag somehow seemed to take over and I spent what seemed like a lethargic month. Don't get me wrong. I worked in the garden. I did art. I quilted. I cleaned until I didn't recognize that it was me cleaning. Not my favorite thing to do. I was not in the reflecting mode. So you could say I was procrastinating. Then I tuned into my human design type and realized I was in one of my energy dips. And then I became less judgmental and I gave myself the space to just be and not focus so much on, on producing. That's a whole other conver conversation in terms of how we pressure ourselves into producing without really paying attention to the rhythm of our, our energy and the rhythm of our life cycles. So the more aware I am of my life cycle, the, the gentler I am with the way that my energy goes up and down. So when I did start to pay attention to and uh, become aware of, of that energy, I just allowed myself to be. And of course, my energy started to resurface. And what did happen is my unconscious was doing the work and then my intuition kicked in and things started to come together. However, in the midst of the low energy phase, my brother died unexpectedly and time just slowed down. 
as my siblings and my mom and our partners readjusted our mindsets to having that empty space in our lives. And I don't know if you've had the experience of losing someone, but happened with my dad as well. It seems like time shifts. It's just not, doesn't feel the same. So I'm still in the midst of this life transition um, as events come up and I'm kind of taken aback when my brother's not there. And so the grief goes on. I do talk more about this experience of grief in my August newsletter, and I found some great resources there that um, I've shared. So I invite you to sign up for my newsletter and, and have a look at, at some of those resources. They've certainly helped me. The highlight of my summer was when my grandchildren came for what we call Gaga and Papa Camp. This takes some planning and preparation, and then they arrive and it's nonstop for two weeks. This year, it was followed by a wonderful weekend in Montreal and a Cirque du Soleil show for all. Now it is mid-August, and I have not taken any conscious time to consider how to proceed with my podcast, at least not consciously. So I just surrendered and relaxed. I came across a book called 4,000 Weeks, Time Management for Mortals by Oliver Berkman. It got me thinking about how I use time, how time uses me, how we get tied in knots about time and not like N-O-T as well as K-N-O-T. And yet we have no control over time, only over ourselves. We all have approximately 4,000 weeks in our lives. Some people obviously more, some people less. It's not a big number in the large scheme of things. I'm at the other end of that 4,000. I think that there are two reactions that can occur when we figure out the approximate time we have left here. I could get onto my bucket list, go into FOMO mode, worry that I'm not doing enough, wallow in regret about what I've not done, or I could just go with the flow of life, take the pressure off, hit the mindfulness button and enjoy what's in front of me. I was reminded of this last evening as I sat out on my deck, looking out at the bush, the trees, the hydrangea tree covered with blossoms, watching a couple of deer grazing in the field and noticing that the days are getting shorter. I savored the moments, taking time to be in no time, but in the moment. Those moments of surrender and detachment give me joy. Worrying about my podcast sucks the energy out of me and takes me out of the moments I have. So I'm taking time in the moments I have. Just now, I was making my tea, and as the kettle boiled, I watched a chipmunk skitter across my back porch. And I marveled at the five-foot-tall ferns in what I call my Jurassic Park garden. And I just let the calm wash over me and let the life force move through me. So the book, 4,000 hours. It, it, it's kind of a book about mindfulness in terms of being present. Even though Berkman really doesn't get mindfulness as you read the book, he's, he kind of poo-poos it a bit, but he does end a particular chapter called You Are Here with this statement, and I quote, living more fully in the present may be simply a matter of finally realizing that you never had any other option but to be here now end of quote. So for me, that's that's pretty much a mindful uh, quote. Anyway, those 4,000 weeks are a speck in the bigger picture. So it's very important to be present and to enjoy the moment. 
as busy as life may be. Which brings me to this moment. Releasing the pressure to produce, to write, to revise. I'm going back and reviewing and revising. It seems that I always circle back to awareness, and so it will be. Awareness and our journey to inner wisdom. So awareness it is. And I know it is as much for my own need for awareness as anything. Paying attention to what I care about, what gives me joy, and not being pulled in by distraction. One thing Berkman says in his book, 4,000 Hours, is that he sees distraction as our way of being present to the fact that we have limited time and we avoid acknowledging it. So we get distracted by so many things, uh, by social media, by I'm distracted by having to cook or just wanting to cook or bake or quilt or do art. I, I'm easily distracted. but which sometimes isn't such a bad thing. Last week, the electricity, actually the internet was out and I had two days of detox. And it was quite interesting to go through that. Just to be without all of those distractions. Of course, I could find other distractions. But I know that when I'm in flow and my energy is going, that the distractions are not as, as prominent. And, and so I'm just aware of how distractions come into my life. That's part of the awareness for me. So what I do know is that if I practice awareness, using the awareness exercise, I'm more patient with myself and others. I'm less judgmental. I'm more compassionate, more creative, and I'm more open to exploring my blind spots and my shadow self. And I'm more tuned into my relationships. And yes, I am less distracted. Again, Oliver Berkman says about distraction, he puts it this way, needn't refer only, distractions needn't refer only to momentary lapses in focus, as when you're distracted from performing your work duties by a ping of an incoming text message or a compelling, terrible news story. The job itself can be a distraction. That is an investment of a portion of your attention or therefore of your life in something less meaningful than other options that might have been available to you. Interesting to think about that. I'm just going to read that again because I think it really is a challenge in terms of the work that we do and how we find purpose in our work. So he says, distractions needn't refer only to momentary lapses in focus, as when you're distracted from performing your work duties by a ping of an incoming text message or a compellingly terrible news story. The job itself could be a distraction. That is an investment of a portion of your attention and therefore of your life in something less meaningful than other options that might have been available to you. Awareness helps us to uncover that. Awareness helps us to be more tuned into our purpose and the work we're doing, the businesses that we are running, the relationships that we have, so that we're not doing things that really distract us from the essence of who we are and what our life is about. So the journey to inner wisdom continues with awareness. I will continue to, to look at awareness as a wisdomologist and how we become more aware to live more fully in the moments that we have. 
So reviewing, going deeper, circling back, reminding ourselves about who we are on this fleeting journey. Thanks for joining me today. I would love to hear about your journey and your insights into that journey. Until next time.